all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos. Bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. Thank you, thank you for the intro. Thank you, my love, my sweetie, my princess, Nimofu. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. Bible story. You like love stories? Man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of love stories, man. Real, true love story. Love stories, not lust. L-U-S-T stories, love. L-O-V-E stories, especially when it comes to the Bible. The ultimate love story. The true picture of Jesus Christ. Wow, beautiful love story. I want to read a story to you. You know I do that once in a while on Body of Christ Real Talk. This is not Bible study. This is just a Bible story I want to read to you. It's a love story. A beautiful love story. Just I've been compelled in my heart to read this. And I want to read it to you guys. This is the true love of this certain young lady and this certain man, this certain powerful man. It's also a picture of Jesus Christ. And the church almost is almost set up like that. And it's a beautiful thing. But without even further uh any further ado, I want to read the book of Ruth. A lot of you probably heard of the book of Ruth, and some of you probably have not. But the book of Ruth is a Bible. I like to call it a biblical love story. Now, the Bible has a lot of romantic love stories, especially when it comes to uh the Song of Solomon and stuff like that, you know how to treat a woman, or the book of Proverbs. There's a lot of ways that we can use and take advice, you know, of romance and love when it comes to our other. And this is a beautiful biblical love story, but it's also uh, uh, a picture of Jesus Christ and Israel, the, the Israel the kingdom church. And then I, I don't have time to really go on through that now, but you know, I'm just going to read this story that I'm going to, I'm going to end it with a beautiful song that I like that go with it. It's not a Bible song, but it has a good meaning. So just look at this as a story. If you are married or you are planning on getting married, the church I'm talking to, or just someone in general that's legally planning on getting married or are you married, just look at it as the church, as the body of Christ, you'll get married. This is a beautiful story to look at. It's it's just, it's uplifting. And uh, it tells you the commitment, how strong love and commitment is when you believe, when you're searching, you know, for that true love. And, you know, like I said, it's just a picture of Christ. 
and the uh, the kingdom church, Israel, the picture of Christ and his love for Israel. You know, beautiful picture, beautiful picture and everything. And even for us, the body of Christ. But this is basically, this is the Old Testament. This is under Israel's program. So it's basically talking about Jesus and Israel, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. A lot of wonderful stories. So I want to read the book of Ruth. It's a short book, about four chapters long. I'm going to read it out of the Living Bible to give you a more clear uh uh, a, cl- a clearer clarification of what's going on. I'm going to be reading out of the Living Bible so you can understand it plainly and everything like that. So this is the Book of Ruth, the love story. I like to call it. And it's also a picture of Jesus Christ and the Kingdom Church, Israel. So listen to this story and then I'm going to go from there, okay? All right. Listen to this. In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites. In other words, they were Gentiles. From Bethlehem, no, they wasn't Gentiles. They was they was Jews. From from uh, they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. I'm getting ahead of myself. So these is all Jews we're talking about. Okay. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married. Moabites. Now the Moabites were Gentile women. So this is a beautiful story. Moabites were Gentiles from another nation. They was not Jew. Let me just put it that way. The two sons married two Gentile women, Moabites women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other other married a woman named Ruth. But about 10 years later, both Malon and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters and daughter-in-laws got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland with their two daughters-in-law. She set up out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. All right. But on the way, Naomi said, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back to your mother's homes, and many the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. We want to go with you to your people. Okay, already, already, this is like. But Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if I were possible, even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? 
In other words, you can't bear sons that faster than a girl for you to marry. <laughs> I understand what she's saying. Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not. Not my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than your than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again, they wept together and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. Now, this is her talking now, Ruth. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. It is really Naomi, the women asked. Don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law, Ruth, the young Moabite, the young Gentile woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Okay, let's go to chapter 2. Now, there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz. Listen to the name Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband and Limelech. One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks, grains, left behind by anyone who was kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, All right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy. Eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Elimelech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you. The harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? She said, Ruth already called Boaz. Hey, <laughs> sounds familiar. And the foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could get the grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. 
Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, <clears throat> stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other field. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. Hey, Boaz, what's up with that, man? What you into? What you up to? <laughs> All right, let me continue. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. To treat her well, she must have been a very attractive, beautiful young lady if the man was going to treat her like that. So I guess that's what he's talking about. She has to be very uh, good, good on her eyes. Let me just put it that way. Verse 10, Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. In other words, I'm a Gentile. I'm not a Jew. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of her husband, your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother, your own land, to live here among complete strangers. So may the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I'm not one of your workers. At mealtime, Boaz called to her, come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat with his harvesters, and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted and still had some left over. Mm-hmm. Go with Boaz. Go ahead, man. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young man, Men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Wow, boy, I'm telling you, man, you talking about old-time, beautiful rapping? This guy was on it, wasn't he, Boaz? Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day, and when she beat out the grain, the evening it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. Where do you gather all of this grain today, Naomi asked? Where do you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man whose field she had worked. She said, the man I work with today is named Boaz. Okay, 20. May the Lord bless him, Naomi told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Hmm, redeemers. Okay, old kinsman. Then Ruth said, what's more, Boaz Eva told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvest is complete. Good, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said, my daughter, stay with this, his young woman right through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. Hmm, something about the harassment. I guess a lot of that has been, was going on in those fields in those days with men harassing women still today. So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer, and all the while she lived with her mother-in-law.
right. Chapter 3. One day Naomi said to Ruth, My daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you would be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now, do as I tell you. Take your bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. In other words, get together, clean up, take a bath, get ready. I got some for you. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Okay, Ruth, take a bath, clean yourself up. You know, get ready because this is going to be a good thing for you. Now, this is me saying this, not the Bible. I'm just narrating. (laughs) Okay, verse four, be sure to notice where he lies down. Check this out. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. Okay. Verse 5. And I will do everything you said. Ruth replied. I will do everything you said. Ruth replied. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he laid down at the far end of the pile of the grain. In other words, he was in good spirits. He was he was pretty woozy. He felt good <laughs> after drinking. That's what I'm looking at. He laid down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and laid down. Now, when they was drinking back then, I don't know if it was fermented or infirmant wine that they was drinking, but whatever it was, it relaxed him. Let me just put it that way. I don't want to jump to conclusion that he was drunk, but when he got through drinking the wine, in other words, the Bible just said he was relaxed. So I don't know if it was fermented or infirmant wine. So let's continue, okay? So around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. I guess, you know, this is a custom in Israel days back then, you know, when you're trying to court someone or whatever, or show that you are interested in someone. This is what I'm getting out of this when it came to some of the traditions and Israel's culture back then, thousands of years ago. Okay. Who are you? He asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she replied. Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are my family redeemer. Okay. Uh, all right, my tablet is messing up. Let me get it straightened back up. Okay, family redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. So evidently, Boaz was quite a bit older than Ruth, according to this context right here, you know. Continuing. Now, don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary. For everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. And while it is true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight, and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you very well, let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until morning. Red Boaz pointed on. That means he really was attracted to her and he really wanted to, to hold her. He really wanted her. In other words, not in a sexual way, but just in a very courting way. And a very, he wanted her to be with him, you know, in other words. So Ruth lay at Boaz's feet until the morning. 
But she got up before it was light enough for people to recognize each other. For Boaz had said, no one must know that a woman was here at the threshing floor. Then Boaz said to let to her, bring your cloak and spread it out. He measured six scoops of barley into the cloak and placed it on her back. Then he returned to the town. When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, what happened, my daughter? Ruth told Naomi everything Boaz had done for her. And she added, he gave me these six scoops of barley and said, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. In other words, take care of your mother-in-law too. Then Naomi said to her, just be patient, my daughter, until we hear what happens. The man won't rest until he has settled things today. In other words, Boaz was determined to get Ruth. Final chapter, chapter four. So Boaz went to the town gate and took a seat there. Just then, the family redeemer he had mentioned came by. So Boaz called out to him, come over here and sit down, friend, <laughs> friend, I want to talk to you. So they sat down together. Then Boaz called 10 leaders from the... We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Town and asked them to sit and witness. And Boaz said to the family redeemer, You know Naomi who came back from Moab? She is selling the land that belonged to our relative and Limelech. Now, how true that was, I don't know. I don't remember that in the story, but I believe Boaz just put one in there, you know, just to push even closely how much, you know, he wanted Ruth. Okay, so I can be wrong, but I don't remember. Uh, Naomi even saying selling anything. Okay. Four, I thought I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it there in the presence of these witnesses, the 10 witnesses he was talking about. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I am next in line to redeem it after you. Okay. The man replied, all right, I'll redeem it. But check this out. Let's part our light. Verse five. Then Boaz told him, of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow. That way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land and the family. OK, <laughs> the verse six says, then I can't redeem it. The redeemer said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This is what I have to do. In other words, now I'm narrating now. This is not what the word is saying, but I'm just between the lines. Uh, I'm narrating myself. 
Now, verse 6 says, then I can't redeem it. The family redeemer replied, because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land. I cannot do it. Now, what I mean by narrating, when I stop and I might pause and I might be adding something like a narrator trying to explain or put my little my little two cents in. That's what I mean by, by that. So you won't think that I'm reading the Bible. When I interrupt like that, I'm not reading the scripture. That's what I mean. It's me. I'm narrating. I'm saying something. So the ones that's listening to this. Okay. Verse seven. Now, in those days, it was a custom in Israel for anyone transferring a right of purchase to remove his sandal and hand it to the other party. This publicly validated the transaction. So that was an Israel uh, custom, family custom in Israel, you know, or cultural custom. You have different cultural customs in Israel back then. So the other family redeemer drew off his sandal as he said to Boaz, you buy the land. Then Boaz said to the elders and to the crowd standing around, you are witnesses that today I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. But who Boaz really wanted? Ruth. So Ruth came with the package. So that was his main goal, Ruth. He was going after Ruth, okay? Verse 10, I want the land I have acquired, acquired Ruth. The Moabite widow of Malon, Moabite, I'm going to break this down, the Gentile woman, to be my wife. This way she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all witnesses today. All right. Verse 11. Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, We are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman who is coming to your home like Rachel and Leah. And from all the nation of Israel, now Rachel Leah, remember them, that was back in uh, the, uh, what was that, back in the book of Genesis, you know, Rachel Leah, remember that, Jacob and all that, Rachel Leah, those was the wives of Jacob in Genesis. I'm, not, I'm just letting you know who Rachel Leah was, if you don't know. All right. <clears throat> So verse 12, and may the Lord God give you descendants by this young woman who would be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. Now, these are the descendants of Boaz. And in other words, him and Ruth got together. A beautiful love story. What he done to get Ruth and what Ruth obeyed by Naomi, her mother-in-law, to get closer to Boaz. It's a beautiful story and a picture of Jesus and Israel. Okay, now this is a, these are the descendants of Boaz. So Boaz took Ruth to his home, and she became his wife. When she slept with her, the Lord. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. Check this out, fourteen. Then the woman of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. Hmm. Why did they say that? Check this out. Continuing, 15, may he restore your youth and care for you in your old age, for he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast, and she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor woman said, now at last Naomi has a son again, and they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. David, who remember David? King David. Okay, this is a 
genealogy record of their ancestor Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Abinadab. Abinadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Solomon. Solomon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David, King David, the second king of Israel, the main king of Israel. Now, isn't that a beautiful story? So, Boaz, according to the word of God, is the family, beginning of the family tree of King David. In other words, the great granddad of King David, okay? All right? Because Simon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obad. Obad was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. So if you go back and you look at Obad, Boaz, Obad was the son of Boaz, okay? So when Obaz had a child, his child name was Jesse, which is the father of David, King David. So that made Boaz David's granddad and Ruth David's grandma. And check this out. She was a Gentile. <laughs> you see the beauty of God's word. This is a beautiful love story. The granddaddy of King David was a Jew. The grandmother of King David was a Gentile. You see the picture? You see that picture? A beautiful picture of Jesus and Israel. And the Gentiles is also there. See, that tells you God asks all, even though Jesus, when he came, he came for his own. According to the scriptures, his own meaning he came for Israel to redeem Israel of their sins. Why? So Israel can go out to the Gentiles. That was the original plan. That was the original God's plan. But remember, remember, it was postponed because of the disobedience of Israel. That's when the uh, the plan, the, the 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 kingdom program was held off, postponed. Emphasis on postponed, and then the mystery came in through the Apostle Paul, and then it be it will be resumed after the church is gone, and then the program will continue, and then that program restart again. The Jews, the 144,000 witnesses will be the ones finishing off, fulfilling, going out to the nations again, what Israel supposed to have done back then. The 144,000 from the 12 tribes, each from the 12 tribes of Israel, in the tribulation period, they're going to go out and witness to the nations something that Israel supposed to have done earlier. You follow what I'm saying? So that's a beautiful picture, how the Gentiles always been in God's eyes. Even in the days of Noah, remember, God was dealing with nations before the Jews was even created. They were Gentile. So the Gentiles always been in God's picture. Okay. They was never fully excommunicated, just like the Jews. Israel's not fully excommunicated like some churches and some people might teach. God just put them, postpone the kingdom program for now until the church is 
the fullness of the Gentiles come through to the body of Christ. And then when the church is gone, which is the body of Christ, then God will resume his program with Israel. And then 144,000 going through the tribulation before the thousand year reign of Christ to witness to the nations something that was foretold and planned before what they supposed to have done before. But this picture right here is just a picture of Jesus redeeming Israel. That's a picture of right there. Well, I see Jesus, a picture of Boaz, Ruth, a picture of the Gentiles and Israel. Naomi is part of the Jews and Israel. It's a beautiful picture. I might be putting that wrong, but that's the beautiful picture that's set out here in the book of Ruth. Beautiful love story. What Boaz done, he fell in love with Ruth the first time he seen it. And according to the Bible, I believe he was probably quite a few years older than Ruth. But Ruth was attached to him, too, and she obeyed what her mother-in-law told her to do, what steps to take to get close to Boaz. Boaz done his little thing in somewhat conniving way <laughs> to get Ruth, to his handle on Ruth. So that's a picture of his sacrifice, her sacrifice, and what Boaz did to redeem Ruth, a Gentile, because it was against Jewish customs to do certain things now. Even though Naomi's sons marry Moabites, anybody that's not a Jew is considered a Gentile. So Gentiles been in the picture somewhat. It was it was forbidden in certain uh, certain uh, times that they knew they couldn't have no part with a Gentile. But it was also certain exceptions if the Gentile, like God told Abraham, if the Gentile was really to submit to certain customs and rituals and, you know, the uh, circumcisions and different things like that, which they probably have to be part of the Jewish nation. So the sons, the daughters probably went through where they didn't have to be circumcised, but they probably believed in the God of the sons and they believed in Israel for them to be able to marry into the custom of the Israel Israel it had to be now this I might be just assuming right here but according to how the Bible teach how to become a proselyte or even how to get into uh, uh, the Jewish family or the Hebrew family you had to submit to their custom and their laws to even marry into their family because it was allowed, but they had to be married in with their cousin. Well, et cetera, whatever. I know I'm getting sidetracked here, but this is a beautiful love story. And I wanted to read that the book of Ruth, I advise you all to read the book of Ruth. I read it out of the Living Bible. It's probably more fuller in the King James, but for my listeners, that's kind. Of, it's more easier on your ears that don't understand the uh, the English literature of the King James. I read it out of one of my second favorite translations is the Living Bible. You know. So it might be a difference in meaning and stuff like that with the translations, but it's still close to what was going on in that time. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that. That is a beautiful love story. Uh, Let me try to find something here to lead out with. I had it already set up, but unfortunately, when you're working with technology, it's hard to uh, get back to where you was, but I wanted to leave off with something. A beautiful song that I wanted to leave off with. And if I can find out, it's a beautiful thing. So let me just keep 
going here. Did y'all enjoy this story? A beautiful story of Ruth. Okay. And uh, hmm, let me see here. Let's go here. And I'm going to end it with here. I thank you guys for taking your time listening to me in this story. But I want to leave out with this, you know. And uh, and this song is a secular song by Smokey Robinson. I'm old school. I love old songs, especially old ballads. That's, 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 that's in my genes. That's in my blood. I love old ballads, you know, clean old ballads, love songs. A Beautiful Love Story or the story of Ruth and Boaz, the grandparents of King David. The grandparents of King David, the, the second king of Israel. And uh, it's also showing a picture of the Redeemer, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, and Israel, the kingdom. It's all future was what's happening with Jesus and Israel, marriage-wise, you know, marriage-wise. It's a beautiful thing, you know, the marriage supper of the Lamb and different things like that, the, um, Jerusalem, New Jerusalem coming down as a bride. All that is pictured like with Boaz and Ruth and everything like that. So it's talking about Israel, Israel, Jerusalem come down as a bride, not the body of Christ, not the church. Jerusalem is the, the bride, okay? The New Jerusalem is the bride and Israel will come in there. The New Jerusalem, remember this, is the bride, not the body of Christ, the church is not the bride of Christ. The Bible doesn't even say nothing about the bride of Christ, but it mentions as a bride. The new Jerusalem, if you read the end of that revelation, comes down as a bride. That's the bride of Christ. It's the new Jerusalem that's going to come down. And, and who's going to dwell there? The kingdom and Israel and all that, etc. Okay, I want you to get that out the way. I like to keep things correct and in perspective. The church is not the bride. The new Jerusalem, the new city that's going to come down is is the bride of Christ, okay? All right. Now, let's go here. Let me try to find this song. I'm going to leave you with this. This is a beautiful song by Smokey Robinson. I think it coincides with what I just got through with. So God bless you all. Love you all. Peace out. Oh, 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 oh,
story of Ruth for our secular listeners today. Beautiful love song. What love joined together, nobody can take it away. Nobody can take it apart. When love has been joined together, no one can take it apart. Sounds kind of familiar like a scripture verse, doesn't it? But beautiful lyrics by Smokey Robinson. I have, I don't think he had no idea how close it was to a scriptural verse. But when it comes to love and romance, what love puts together, let nobody take it apart. Beautiful song by Smokey Robinson. Hope you enjoyed the story of Ruth. Please read that book. God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee. Peace out. Love you all. Love your wives. Love your husbands. Be faithful. Stay together. And first of all, love Jesus Christ, the ultimate love of all, is how he loved us and gave his life for us. God bless you all. Peace out. Bye-bye. Laugh out, baby. <laughs> love you all. Peace out. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.